Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting-edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Woman now attracting easy money. Wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem with speaking another language. Hello, today we're going to be talking about money and couples. So if you're in a short-term relationship, long-term relationship, doesn't matter how long you guys have been together, we actually go there today with Mary Barker, the wealth designer. Mary Barker is also an author and a speaker and just recently won the Hill Ross Awards for Best Financial Planner. She's a 20-year veteran of the financial service industry and every day she sits down with clients helping them work through their financial goals so they can create their dream life. Now, what I absolutely love about Mary is how much she inspires people. She is the big ideas woman. She's in my mastermind, Tian. She continually comes out with the most amazing ideas and such an amazing contribution to my mastermind group because she's actually there at the boardroom sessions. I work with her privately. She's a private coaching client. And this woman just oozes ideas, oozes inspiration, and has just so much love and passion to give. You just can't help but want to give her a hug and a squeeze when you're with her. You just love her so much. So today, we're going to be diving in deep about money and couples. Now, we do need to put a disclaimer in to make sure Mary is covered as a financial planner. This information in this segment is provided by Mary Barker and the Mary Barker Financial Planning authorized representative and credit representative of Hillross and is the only used as general information. It is not intended as personal recommendation and you should consider if it is right for you. So now we've got all the disclaimer boxes ticked. Let's get onto it and let's introduce you to Mary Barker, the wealth designer. Good morning, Annette. I am in sunny Sydney. I'm calling you from my office in Macquarie Street, sun's beaming in through the window. It's a beautiful day. Uh, You're in the white boardroom, are you, or are you in your actual office? I am sitting at my desk. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I love your boardroom. You know I love white. You've been to my office. Yeah, yeah. Got the same taste, the way we like to decorate. Your office is beautiful. Mary, uh, you were one of the um, very popular cash flow candy interviews. Um, I actually had, I don't know how many people tell me that they loved the interview, they loved the stuff about Jessica Parker, they loved your book, um, went out and got your book. So big congratulations there with that launch. Um, Thank you. I wanted to get you back for the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. So we're going to do your interview from Cashflow Candy as a replay because it is a great interview. So we're going to bring that back later on. But I know there's another thing that you're very passionate about and it's the subject of couples and money. So tell me, why the heck are you so passionate about this? And um, let's just dive in deep to give the guys some really good learnings about what they can do with accounts and money and joints accounts and one spending and overspending. Let's go there today. So why the heck are you so passionate about couples and money? Because, Annette, money can be a major source of stress and miscommunication between couples. Mm-hmm. Most Separating couples cite finances as the reason that they separate. You would think that it was wow. infidelity or you drive me bananas, but it's actually <laughs> finances that cause couples to separate. 
Wow. And I feel quite passionately about it because if I can get couples talking about money, mm-hmm. then I can keep couples together. Wow. So couples, there's couples that don't talk about money because I'm very comfortable in that area. <laughs> about money so bring me into bring us into this world and there's obviously listeners out there then if this is normal why don't people talk about money as couples it just causes stress i think mostly it's misunderstanding Mm -hmm. um i'm of the opinion that you know everyone has their strengths and weaknesses everyone has value that they bring to the table Mm -hmm. and it's a matter of understanding your partner and what they bring to the table understanding their strengths yeah. And understanding their challenges as well. Mm-hmm. Understand what's important to each other about money. Find common ground within that and build wealth together. They are going to have a, a, such a better relationship long term. So what do you mean common ground? What type of common ground do they need to work out? So it's about values. It's about finding the things that are important to me and uh-huh. also important to you. Yeah. And then working from that, mm. building from that. Mm. And look, that conversation has to be said as well when there's one income coming in or if Mm -hmm. there's, you know, a conversation around if someone is the breadwinner, more of the breadwinner than the others. And, you know, a lot of women today are creating their own businesses and some of them are bringing in more money than their partners. But on the other side, when you're in the startup phase, which you've been there, right? I've been there. You're not bringing Jack Diddley squat in. You're just putting a lot of cash into that business. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine not having a conversation about that, but I have always been quite comfortable there to feel like, um, I don't know. I, I'm the person that feels like I need to contribute, and if there's if there's a challenge there financially, especially when I was in the startup phase, um, there was there was a conversation about that. I could not not <laughs> pretend it wasn't happening. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's really healthy. Yeah, but some people can't talk about money. Some some people find it really difficult to talk about money. Yeah, and what I usually find in that circumstance is that there's a lot of other things that are already going on that are creating problems. Mm. Um. I think the best thing to do is to talk to your partner about their strengths first. So tell them what you love about their money habits. Maybe they're a really good saver. Maybe they're really great at managing the money. Maybe they're really great at doing the budgeting. And then talk to your frustration. So, babe, you are such a great money manager. I love the way you budget and I love the way you make sure our bills are paid. It gives me such peace of mind that you do all those things. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I'm sensing some frustration about not having enough money to spend on furniture for the home or or whatever it is that your frustration is Mm -hmm. Um, because every strength has this equal and corresponding weakness. So if they're a great budgeter and they're great at paying the bills and they're great at watching the money, the flip side can be that they're not so good at opening their purse or opening their wallet and letting the money out. Mm -hmm. So talk to their strengths first. And then talk to the things that are frustrating you. Mm, that's and really... talk to the behaviour. Yes. It's the behaviour that you don't like. It's not the person that you don't like. We love the person. We're frustrated by the behaviour. <laughs> Hopefully we still love the person. <laughs> Hopefully it hasn't gone to that point. Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, a couple of things there. In in management and leadership, we always say when you give in your team members the feedback, and this is also a coaching process as well, where we do CRC, commend, recommend, commend, right? So it's sort of like what we call the right. sandwich, right? The meat's in the middle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, 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 but, yep. you know, I, I there's a lot of crossover then really with what you do and what I do because, and I've just only just realized this now, that 
a lot of people that I train, especially when it's women, they get into business and they get into business because they love what they do, but they find it hard to ask for the sale. They find it hard right. to actually ask for, I call it asking for the money, asking for that customer to put their credit card details down or to um, opt in or whatever it might be to create the process of that transaction. So I actually see there's a crossover there because um, maybe part of it is when you're comfortable with money, Perhaps there's a very strong crossover with the behavior of asking for the sale because I remember telling you this, there's a there's an activity that I do in the events, which you've um, done before as well, which is the money game and yes. where the person takes the, uh, the stranger's money and they go out of the room, they have to come back, they have to ask for their money and they've got two minutes to get their money back. And I remember telling you once I was doing uh, I was doing this at a conference, and the best salesperson put all her cash on the table, and she had a wad of cash. It was it, it's no coincidence that the money that she put on the table, and she was so comfortable with money, so comfortable with asking for her money back, that her relationship with money, and this is just an observation. I still don't know if it's true, but there's no there's no coincidence that she's not the best sales that's why she is the set best sales person so i wonder how much that cross correlates with the comfortability of our money in our personal life with asking for sales i know i've sort of just digressed there but um i've just sort of saw seen that sort of that pattern and there's gonna be women listening that are uncomfortable asking for the money just like you're saying they might be uncomfortable to have that conversation with their partner Let's talk about this. I've got a really uncomfortable conversation that I think I have dodged once in a relationship. I wasn't married to the guy. As you start getting serious in a relationship, is there a time when you should combine your money, have joint accounts? What's, What's the feedback you can give us with that? It's a really good question and it's a touchy one. So my philosophy is this. If you're living with someone, set up a joint account for the home. Mm-hmm. And have each of you contributing to that account for things like, you know, your your home payment, your electricity, your internet, uh, all the things that are need to be need to have your home running. Mm-hmm. And then and use that as a test. So if that person contributes regularly, contributes the amount that they're supposed to contribute, doesn't yeah. withdraw appropriately, and builds say six months of trust, you know that you can trust that person. Mm-hmm. then start a savings account for the things that you have joint goals around. So you guys might want to go on a holiday together. You might be purchasing furniture or considering purchasing a motor vehicle. Start a joint savings account for that person, for that purpose. And then, again, if they've shown trustworthiness, if they've contributed when they said they would, if they've not withdrawn inappropriately, then start to move towards investing together. And I have a bit of a rule of thumb because I've seen it going wrong too many times. Do not purchase a property with anyone that you have known for less than two years. Is that common? <laughs> I don't think I could yes. purchase a car. Really? Yes. Gee, common. Wow. Yes. And it goes wrong. So, so you fall madly head over heels in love, which we all mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And you think, and of course you think it's going to go well. Um, and it, things fall over and then it's very messy to get out of a property. It's very expensive to get out of a property. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then you so talk my, about my forever if you keep an yeah. investment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting because you're talking about 
really when somebody, it sounds like more of the start of a relationship. What about if you're in a relationship and you've got one partner and you've got that combined income um, or that combined account and you've got one partner that overspends and the other one's a saver? What do we actually do there? Okay. So, again, it's all I believe in respecting the other person and understanding their behaviour. So, if you look at our diagnostic tool, it will tell you why that person is behaving around that, that what, behaving that way mm-hmm. and what is important to them about money. And when you understand someone's behaviour, then it's easy to go, ah, oh, I see what you're doing. I see why you're doing that. So, look at, what, look at what's driving that behaviour. Mm-hmm. Respect them. But, but how do you pull them into gear? But, <laughs> okay. So also to common ground. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, the the conversation around. I love the way that you've decorated this house. The home looks beautiful. Before you spend any more money on furniture, can can we have a joint conversation about that spending? Mm. Nice. So cool. again, talk to the things that you love about them, mm-hmm. and then talk to the behaviour that's frustrating you. Because mm. the the funny thing about marriage is when you find that one special person who drives you bananas that you want to live with for the rest of your life, and you you know often we marry we are marry an opposite, and we love them, we love them to bits, but we've just got to talk to the things that frustrate us. Well, let's talk about. I've got a few more questions for you, but I know you've got a gift for the listeners today, um, and you mentioned diagnostic tool. Can you tell them about the quiz that we can get them to do to really see? what that behaviour is. Can you dive in more about what you've got the listeners today? Yep. So there's a link that we'll set up so that you can go in and answer 20 questions. It's all multiple choice. Mm-hmm. And that will tell you what your money personality is. Then your partner can go in and do it as well. And it will tell you what your money personality is. It will tell you what your strengths are around money, the things that you're really good with. It will tell you what your challenges are around money and things that, that you find hard. Mm-hmm. And then it will give you some strategies about what you can do with those strengths and what you can do with those challenges. And you and your partner can do those, to both do those, and then come together and go, okay, what is it that we both agree on with money? What are the things that are really important to both of us? Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that respectfully, you might be a spender, how are we going to respectfully give you some money to spend, but also respectfully make sure that I'm saving and paying the bills? Yes. So it's all yeah. about, you know, loving each other, respecting each other, understanding what's important. So it's important to some people to spend, and I'm okay with that if the money has been allocated to that and everyone agrees to it. Yeah. So, well, I'll put the URL there. I, I can't wait to see the quiz. I think I saw a little bit of it when you are actually building it a while ago. Um, fantastic. If you want to do that money quiz, com forward slash money quiz. That's netlakovich.com forward slash money quiz. If uh, you're in the show notes for iTunes, you can actually just click on that link. Um, Mary, just to ask you, you talked about the spending and as long as we we know where the money's coming and coming out, what happens if there's one of the partners that is a secret spender? What do we do there? We We all know someone like this. Well, it's mostly women. We all know someone who goes, oh, this old thing? Oh, I've had this forever. Or <laughs> hides it in the boot. Uh, I had a girlfriend who used to hide all the shopping in her boot and bring it in, you know, secretly. <laughs> oh, my <you> gosh. <laughs> but the problem is that when, when you choose to keep something secret, you're attaching shame to it. And mm. in my opinion, shame is always bad. 
And sometimes when people overspend, it can be a sign that some other things are making you unhappy. Yeah. So I just believe in being upfront and open about your spending. And, And as I said, if you've agreed to what's being spent, it shouldn't be an issue. I do have a strategy that I've used in the past that's worked quite successfully for me. I am very overt about my spending with my husband. I just walk in and go, honey, I bought a new handbag. Do you want to have sex? And it works every time. (laughs) I love it. Do you know what? Um, I I think that's really interesting how you said that when you're hiding it, it it has a very big link to shame, which is a very low vibration, right? So we're talking about the vibration, the the, the, the higher your frequent level, the the better things you bring into your life. And what it does for me personally is when I am really happy, I don't need to buy anything. And when I, when I, when I'm, yeah, Yeah. and when I'm not fulfilled, I will look at buying something to try and get that happiness. And I I hear myself teaching brain that things aren't going to bring you happiness it, it will only bring you happiness for that that little moment of time um, and you've got to look for Braxton not that he understands this but you've got to look for what truly fulfills you and there's a massive link with the psychology of when people buy and the hit of in, um, dopamine, which is an endorphin, mm-hmm. and it fires off and it makes us feel incredible. So I can see how this links to the actual spending with what you're saying. When they're hiding things, um, there is something else probably going on that they're not feeling fulfilled somewhere yeah. in their life. It's always It's internal. a downward spiral. Yeah, and they're looking for the external to actually to fix mm-hmm. that. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah, really yeah. interesting. So, what what what's a what's a tip that you can give the guys if they're not comfortable talking to their partner about money? What's a tip that they could do um, today, tomorrow, this week to get them start feeling comfortable to bring up the subject of if they if they overspend, if they want to do joint accounts, if they think that the partner's not pulling up their socks with spending? Give us one tip to walk away with to help them with that. Sometimes a little role play will will work. So if you, if you it's a, if it's a really difficult subject for you to bring up, practice with a, a girlfriend or or a family member or or a sibling. Um, I, I would always start with the things that you love about them. I love this about you, babe. I, I love that you're doing this and supporting me here and, and mm-hmm. all the things that are going well. I think it's really important. I'm having some frustration around this behaviour. I'd really like to talk to you about that. Do you think we can talk about it? If you can't talk to that person rationally, mm-hmm. there are other things going on that you need to address. But most people you can have a rational conversation with and say, look, I'm loving this about you. I'm really feeling frustrated by this behaviour. Yeah. Do you know – Most people will take that on the chin. Yeah. Do you know, I, I think that they can even just practice by themselves because for sales yeah. we, we, we get you to practice and, look, you know very well, <laughs> Mary, that, yeah. you know, we'll get you to practice a sequence and it doesn't have to be a full-on script but it's the model. Even if they just are by themselves, I don't know, in their bathroom doing their makeup in the morning or getting ready in the morning or in the car, I love practicing what I'm going to say in the car. <laughs> and the great thing <laughs> is now we have hands-free so I don't look like some weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Driving along, but I practice my intros for speeches, everything in the car. So, bit of a curveball, Mary Barker. I ask this to all my guests: What is the one thing that you do on a very regular basis? It has to be weekly, if not daily, that fills Ooh. up your level of happiness. 
Okay, so I had read this really great quote this morning from Eleanor Roosevelt about how happiness is a result of a life well lived, and I really liked that. Um, my feeling is travel. I don't do it weekly, but I do do it regularly. And one of the great things about holidays or travel is having it to look forward to. And for me, the looking forward to a holiday is almost as good as the holiday and the planning and the <laughs> ex, that, that sense of expectation. I'm going to Hong Kong in April and I've, I'm like thinking about what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go and who I'm going to see and da, 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 da. So for me, that's all part of the travel experience. It's not just the trip. Mm-hmm. It's the anticipation and the expectation. I also um, – travel doesn't have to be overseas for me. I don't – I'm happy to go away for a weekend. Yeah. I just, I just love – to get away, whether it's, you know, to the beach for mm-hmm. a couple of days or whether it's overseas somewhere. There's something about traveling for me that I just adore. And I'm happy to get in my car and drive for four hours out to Orange and have a weekend in Orange. It doesn't have to be an exotic location. Yeah. I just really enjoy travel. Yeah, that's my buzz thing, travel. Yeah. Well, if you think travel or just even like you're saying, just going somewhere, if it's getting in your gorgeous car, which we talked about in the last interview from Cashflow Candy, your convertible, but going somewhere it puts you into the now, it puts you into the present and you're just totally aware of everything around you and it stops that chatter. Um, one thing yeah, I, that I know that you do as a physical activity, which I'd love to share with the, the, yeah. the listeners, you catch up with some girls every, what, Saturday and Sunday and go for yes. a bit of a power walk? Oh, these girls are amazing. It's almost like being in one of those movies with a whole bunch of women like Steel Magnolias or How to Make an American Quilt. Every single woman in this group is an absolute character and a joy to hang out with and we walk around usually around the St George area of Sydney every Saturday morning we meet at 6 30 we walk for an hour and a half and then eight o'clock we sit down and have breakfast somewhere yeah and it's all about the walking is fantastic but that walking is the icing on the cake it's really about the chit chat and the sisterhood yeah. and, and the uh, solidarity I, I, I just adore each of these women they all really bring something valuable to the table and it's mm. it's my it's my girl time. I yeah, love it. Because I know you've talked about that so much. You always go, I'm walking with the girls again on the weekend. And you've always talked about that. And that's what I thought you'd actually bring up. But I love the holidays as well or just escaping somewhere Staping, on the weekend. Yeah. Just even just going somewhere to nature, to the beach, yes. somewhere. It puts you totally in the present. Awesome. I think too, when, you, when you're working really hard, whether you're running your own business or, or in corporate, mm-hmm. it's really great to, to look forward to that downtime. So I kind of measure my yeah. year and my month by when I'm going to have holidays. And I make sure that every six weeks I've got something booked in. It just so happens that between um, my husband and I just were just away last weekend. Um, it was Aladella. You know, it's not a big deal. It's nothing, it's nothing special, but we had a really great time. And then in six weeks' time is Easter then in six weeks' time after that, it's going to be around May yeah. and we'll we'll plan something and we'll get away. So at yeah. least every six weeks, even if it's just a weekend away, we are away and we are down having some downtime. So, Mary, thank you so much for that quiz. If you want to do that quiz, guys, and I think it's really great to actually do it with your partners, make it a fun thing, and this could be a great way to just start that conversation. Uh, so it's annettelakovich.com forward slash money quiz. Mary, if they want to know more about you, where can they hang out with you? I know that you're big on Instagram. Yep. So on Instagram, I'm at the wealth design team. Mm-hmm. 
My website is marybarkerfinancialplanning.com.au. Excellent. All right. So, guys, there's a few different ways. Um, I honestly think if you can hang out with Mary on Instagram, you will love, love, love her posts. I'm not a big follower on many people on Instagram, and it's not because Mary is one of my clients. It's because I love her post. So, um, if you want to jump on Instagram, also you can go to Mary barker.com.au and make sure you grab the quiz at annettelakovich.com forward slash money quiz and let's get your bending and values alignment or get that conversation happening with your partners. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today and um, go and have a beautiful day in Sydney in your sunny office. Talk to you soon, Annette. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I did and got some great golden nuggets from Mary. If you know a friend this show can help, remember to share the episode. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review if you love what we do and subscribe to the show. Until next week, this is Annette checking out for now.